You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast. About, uh, yeah. Occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? I'm all right, man. How you doing? I am good. Uh, we were talking about before we started recording, but it sounds like in both of our locations, it's been dreary and rainy. And those are never, it's never the kind of weather that you want to partake in but it's great potting weather bro but it's great potting and it's great listening to pod weather there you go yeah so listeners if we don't see an uptick in plays i mean come (laughs) on uh i want to talk bold predictions for the post all-star nba uh the second half or whatever you want to call it uh of which we've already seen a couple Real good games. My Celtics versus the uh, Lakers taking the cake in my humblest opinions of best games post the All-Star break. Uh, But I want to start with a take that I firmly believe and have been on since the beginning of time about the Sixers because there's been so much written and talked about this team. Uh, They've gone from being a Simmons-led team to now an Embiid-led team with Simmons out indefinitely with a back injury. Mm. Their Al Horford signing really hasn't paid off for them. (laughs) He's now been relegated to the bench for the first time in like 12 years. Uh, So I'll start off getting bold as fuck and say something that I've said all along, but I'm putting it out there in certainty, and I've got specifics. Here are my receipts. Sixers are going to trade Joel Embiid this offseason. I think this team is flawed, and I don't think that it's going to go anywhere unless you move one of those two stars. I I just don't see how you're going to construct a roster uh, where both of those guys can succeed and can play at their absolute best. We've seen both of them kind of thrive when the other is not necessarily on the court or even when they're injured, not a part of like the offense or team at all. Um, I think to me, the move is you pump up Embiid's value for the rest of the year with, uh, with Simmons being out indefinitely, let him kind of slowly work his way back. And then people like Embiid is a inconsistent, albeit the highs are high, but the lows are, you know, not super low, but they're not, he's not, he hasn't consistently been playing at, at like, you know, a top 15 in the league player. Uh, he's often injured and is a big man who we've spent a lot of time talking about on this show, about how once your knees and your feet and those kind of body parts start going on you, uh, it's a slippery slope downward. downward. I think you trade him, get back an elite perimeter player, to pair with Simmons and basically kind of build 
the Bucks offense with Simmons at the helm. Like, what about sending Embiid to Portland for CJ McCollum or now that, I mean, it couldn't happen at the deadline because he just signed a new deal, but Bradley Beal has been playing his fucking ass off in Washington. Still can't buy a win, though. Uh, and why not put Embiid with John Wall where you can do some really filthy pick and rolls with those two guys, and you're now getting a elite perimeter guy to pair with Simmons. I just, I think that this, I think the writing is on the wall for this pairing. I think that this is going to be the season where it cement like this team shouldn't be a fifth or sixth seed in the East. It just shouldn't with those two guys. And so I think this is the year where the Sixers this offseason are going to look at things and be like, we need to make a drastic change. And this is the move we're going to make. I agree with all of that. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks if I was the GM, I would absolutely trade one of them and I would probably keep Simmons, even though I like Embiid more. He's a more, he's just a fun player to have. Um, but there's another part of me that wonders how many threes would Simmons need to attempt per game and you know also make at least some of them for me to change my mind and in terms of like the geometry of Simmons and Embiid working and I don't really think it's that many and so I do want to keep them together like more of me wants to keep them together than wants to tear them apart because I can also just tell you that the Tobias Harris trade like didn't work out they they would rather have a player like Shamit than Toby. And I love Toby. Toby's great. He doesn't work great with this team. Um, there's not as much catch and shooting as you'd like. I mean, JJ Redick, it just shows like how important he was to the team because uh, he was, he's just such a dynamic outside shooter. Cause and he's one of the like, best at that, at the catch and shoot yeah. off screens and just being able to grab it and just hoist a three up. Right. And being able to be fast that way, like really yeah. helps uh, with pace for a team like Philadelphia. And I still believe in their defense. I still believe in them as a seven game team. Um, I just sort of feel like there's been so much roster turnover over the past four years and they sort of had it right at a certain point a couple of years ago. And then they, you know, just tried to get bigger names, really. Um, I I still believe in them. And I still think that they're very dangerous. I think that their length is actually ridiculous. And when we get into the playoffs, it's going to matter a lot more. And I like having basketball teams that are different from every other team. It's, it's nice having variety. Like, I don't see why Philadelphia who was just a couple of bounces away from going to the Eastern conference finals last year, like why they shouldn't still be considered a top 10 team, even though they're underperforming. Um, I just feel like they're still very dangerous in a playoff setting, but they can lose from night to night. And there's sort of a bunch of teams like that this year. Um, And the really damning thing is that they're just awful on the road and there's no real good reason for that. Uh, So rather than breaking up, the tandem I would get another coach and I would make some other player personnel moves yeah 
but that's not that bold. And if JJ had stayed, he'd keep his playoff streak going, by the way. Just well, saying. well, don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, is We've that got, another? Bold I've got prediction. a lot of bold predictions <laughs> locked in the bag, and uh, old JJ's making the playoffs. Don't worry about it. By the way, when you started saying Philadelphia, I was like, okay, well, if Pete's going to go bold, maybe he's saying, no, they're going to win the Eastern Conference Finals Lol. or. Uh, or they won't make the playoffs at all. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing is, is like, is it, I mean, maybe it is wild. Maybe it is too bold to say that they could just like completely fall apart without Simmons and with all of the, the weight of this team now on Embiid and Tobias. I mean, but maybe we'll see, you know, maybe we'll finally see Tobias Harris and these out and Al Hort, like these signings, these guys who they brought in to be that, you know, second tier second tier players behind him beating Simmons. Maybe they'll, they'll start playing kind of to their fullest potential. I just, I also think, I also think that initially I, I've always been a staunch, like they'll trade Simmons because Embiid like feels like a part of Philly, but now recently Embiid is like loving to fuck with Philly fans, which Philly fans love to fuck back with it. But there also seems like some animosity there where I don't know. Does it Joel is Joel pulling the old uh uh all I can think of is Clark Kent, but that's not his goddamn name. <laughs> Two-face phrase where you either die to be the hero or live long enough to become the villain. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Clark Kent, Harvey Dent. You you see where I tripped up. Yeah. Um, another incredibly Caucasian name from the <laughs> <laughs> uh but maybe Embiid is starting to to find himself be become the villain. I do want to quickly, since we are a fantasy podcast, um, what's your take on on the way the Sixers will play out now with Simmons missing extended period of time? Is there anyone who you think fantasy wise is worth targeting or investing in? Yeah, well, I think I mean I've always been a Torian Prince fan. I think that everybody is going to do better because the team will fit better now. Like everybody's sure. roles, the geometry of the court will make more traditional sense to people. And I think Embiid's probably just going to feast and, um, you know, maybe Horford plays more. So I think fantasy wise, this is gold for literally every other player on Philadelphia than Simmons. <laughs> um, I would just like to say that uh, here are the top five teams in the East right now in seating the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the heat, the Sixers. We both agree that the Sixers are underperforming. Here's who's in the Sixers division, the Celtics, the Nets, the Knicks, and the Raptors. So two of the other teams that are above them and the heat, meanwhile, are playing in the Southeast and you know, it's absolute garbage before the season. We both said that the heat would automatically basically have a top four seed. The fact that Toronto is better than anyone really thought they would be, like we both thought they'd still be good, but we sort of thought they'd be in the position that the Sixers are in now. You know, sure. like they'd, uh, like they probably wouldn't have home court advantage in the first round. Um, but they obviously look absolutely incredible, and I still think that would be the best landing spot for Embiid. I think you could absolutely get a trade between those two teams that wouldn't make sense. And then Jesus Embiid with Siakam and Lowry. That's that's saucy. And like, would you, 
I mean, Philly would want, I don't know, Norm Powell, OG Ananobi, and a pick or two and, you know, whatever else. I, I mean, the danger is we, just like everybody else, think of Simmons and Embiid sort of in a vacuum. Like, oh, these guys will play their way no matter what, no matter what the context is. And Embiid has sacrificed really a lot for this team. Like totally. he could have been on a different team, just putting up maybe even historic numbers. Um, but he's that's, really that's the thing, taken a playing with, playing with Simmons, it's like forced him to work on this perimeter part of the game, which is good to have in today's day and age, but that's not where he's an overpowering force. Devil's advocate. I think you can say that that's how he's had to play under Brett Brown, his coach. Sure. Okay. Um, yep. You know, maybe a different coach would figure out a way to, for both of these guys to be on the court at the same time and, you know, work things out in a different way. I, this also might be much ado about nothing because, like, if Simmons isn't super hurt, if he comes back in a couple of weeks, then it's totally possible it's that fine. the Sixers end up in the, you know, the third seed. Well, like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, the uh, they're three the games best. behind the Celtics. No, so. I mean, but no, but but the Celtics are whatever a top, you know, three team in the NBA right now. So you're feeling yourself. Nice job. I'm sorry. Hey, can I? Did you watch that Lakers game where we oh, were Campbellless yeah. and Jason Tatum decided to just become one of the best players in the NBA? Yeah, that whole game was like Spanish. And fucking Jalen Brown amazing. was shutting down yeah. LeBron and Anthony oh, Davis. So sexy. Oh god, my god, it was hot. Was... Anyway, sorry, you were going to say something. Oh, I just wanted to uh, point out that since January 1st, the 33rd player in plus-minus stats in the NBA is Kawhi. He has a 5.3 positive plus-minus. The 34th is Marcus Smart at 5.2. Yes. The 35th yes. is Jason Tatum. Give this to 5. me. 1. Give this to me. Like, it's basically having two players that are impacting the court in the same way that Kawhi does, and they both play on the same team. And obviously, like, that's those are numbers. They don't really mean much. It's just funny to point it out as a snapshot. But, uh, yeah, the Boston Celtics look pretty motherfucking good. I love it. Uh, you also can trust that there will always be at least a good part of this show where we – talk at length about the Celtics but Natty well they've been a focal point of the NBA for like the past five years well and and this year especially because all of those pieces have blossomed right Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are like reaching what we thought they could be especially Jason Tatum I mean good god that man is crazy i mean he's i was talking with a friend of mine and he he feels like Tracy McGrady mixed like in Durant's body which is yeah, sexy T-Mac as hell. T-Mac is just a big fat stud. But that just goes to show how quickly the NBA can change because last season we felt the opposite way about both teams. Yeah. Like Boston was the down team and everyone was like, oh shit, well, Kyrie, like they're terrible. And everybody in Philly was like, oh man, we got Jimmy Butler too? Yeah. Oh my God, this is like, we're amazing. This is unfair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, they're... Even if they keep everything together this coming off season, like let's say they didn't make any trades and all they did was like add, you know, some rookies. I still think that them being together for this amount of time, like all the players, all the starters, all the rotation, important pieces on the team. I think that they would be better. Like they just haven't played a lot together, you know? Sure. Uh, hit me with your first bold prediction. Okay. 
My first bold prediction. I love using New Year's stats, by the way. I mean, that's, um, that's what we're here for. We're in you know, the thanks. second part of the year. We're in the new year of basketball. Exactly. And a bunch of stuff has changed. So, okay. like, let's let's look at snapshots. Anyway, Markel Fultz, since January 1st, is averaging 12-plus points per game, 6-plus dimes per game, 4-plus boards, 1.6 steals per game, and he's shooting 47% from the floor. I think he's a real player. My bold prediction is that Fultz goes in the top 100 in next year's drafts. I like that. Uh, he's, it's always nice. I mean, he's 21 years old. Oh my God. That's, I mean, so is Jason Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> that's, they've been around for so long. This, eh, it's a little bit weird. It is weird. <laughs> it's like, wait, well, it's again, I mean, it's a thing what? where it's like fucking, you look at you, you go to like Andre Drummond's, you know, basketball yeah. reference page and you're yeah. like, holy crap, this guy's like whatever, eight seasons in the league and he's 26. Like, how, how right. is this possible? Like if he played for 20 years, he would have Hall of Fame numbers, even though no one would ever want to put him in the Hall of Fame. He's, unless something yeah, drastically players just changes. come in so early. But um, we've talked about this on the show, and I talk about this on the fantasy football show that we do too. Uh, you should subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast channel so you get both. Fantasy nice sports. Job. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> That's what I get paid the bucks for. Uh, Positive kudos. Fantasy sports, right, is – obviously about building a team to win, but it's also about building a team you want to root for and put players on it that you like can get excited about and like their stories and want to watch and all that kind of stuff. And I think Markel Fultz, given just how tumultuous his, his career has started. And now we're finally seeing this player that was rightfully thought of as the number one pick in a year with Jason fucking Tatum, like, Pat Markel Fultz was the locked in number one pick. Uh, and uh, he's starting to play close to that level. I mean, obviously a couple of years behind what Tatum is, but seeing that ascension, seeing that confidence restored in him, like next year, you could totally pick him and be like, I am picking Fultz not only because of his potential, not only because of what we saw, but because it's a great story and I want to root for the guy and I want him on my fantasy team. So when he does put it all together and like succeed at the utmost level, like I want to be able to be the one benefiting from that. So I love that. I love that take. Dude. And the magic have such sick uniforms. Like sometimes they just bust out the coolest goddamn shit. I love their old school ones. With the pinstripes the blue that pops. Yeah, against the pinstripes. Oh, the oh, pinstripes man. are so hot. That's yeah. yeah. There, but there's... also, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just say that there, there are some old. I mean, this is one of the things that the NFL should learn from the NBA. Is the NBA does such an excellent job of having every team has like. 12 to 14 jerseys that they rotate through. They get new ones made. They bring back old ones. Like they just do such a good job of nostalgia and new. And of course, player, I mean, fans buy into that. And of course, get all the jerseys. Like all the jerseys I own, except for Jalen Browns, are all like retro throwback jerseys because they're all fucking gorgeous. And, you know, you can get them. The NFL, meanwhile, is like each team has a home and away jersey. 
and we will do color rush because that's fancy Ugh. as fuck. And it's like, They're come on, so NFL. Terrible. Let all of these teams have like 13 different jerseys. You're going to make bank off of it, you know, obviously, because everyone's going to be buying each individual jersey at each individual style and have them rotate through it. Bring back some of the like beautiful retro jerseys. I, it's one of the things that the NBA has done very well. And it's one of the hills that I now have found myself dying on. I mean, that's just the NFL all over, though. Like, remember yeah. when Jack Del Rio was wearing suits in Jacksonville all those years <laughs> ago? And they made the NFL made him stop and were like, no, 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 no wear the coach gear or whatever that Nike makes. And you're like, dude, my man just wants to wear a suit and be old school. Just and look, look cool. Good. Yeah, man. Like, he's he's not hurting anybody also why don't you take advantage and like start having some of these places do actual suits and then everybody makes more money but no they're like get into a hoodie i mean they're they're so overbearing about the stupidest goddamn shit and it just sort of you know reminds you like the front offices consider the sports radically different and players in the nba just you know like so a part of it in the NBA is like more performance kind of because you see people's faces right. and you know sure. them and the NFL, it's just full on laundry, which is like even more distressing that they don't take advantage of that. And the color rush stuff. I mean, they just oh look like God. popsicles running around. It's, it's so terrible. stupid. Whoever's uh, right idea that was. <laughs> I like your Mark- Markel Fultz bold prediction. Well done. Oh, well, thank you. What's your next bold prediction? Well, I've already alluded to it, but I, I, te- I added something also to it because it's not just fun to say the Pelicans are going to fight their way and make the eighth seed nice. and be, make the playoffs. I mean, sure, that's maybe lukewarm bold, but given what we've seen so far, it's not only that the Pelicans will make the eighth seed and make the playoffs. They will then go on to take at least two games against the Lakers in round one, baby. Okay. Zion, Zion's it. been incredible. Everything we thought he'd be, and we probably should have a, a show one week that we just solely dedicate to talking about him and his greatness. Yeah. The Pelicans are three wins back from the Grizzlies and play the easiest schedule, one of the easiest schedules from here on out. Well, Memphis has the hardest. Uh, so mm. that's an easy switch that can happen. And then once they make the playoffs, like you can't tell me that these two teams, and they're going to play, I think they play Sunday. I don't have it in front of me. I don't have it in front of me either. They play this week, which will be a huge game that obviously they're hyping up. But the Pelicans is like 50% ex-Lakers players because the Lakers traded the house for Anthony Davis. So you're going to have that connection. You can't tell me that these ex-Lakers players aren't going to be fucking out of their mind hyped to take on the Lakers in the playoffs. You get one game where Zion is just unstoppable can't be contained and Lonzo is a passing wizard and is just opening up everything for everyone and then you have a game heat check game where Ingram just gets unconscious and is scoring at will and boom you got two wins shit they're playing the Lakers right now oh they're playing right now and they're playing them on Sunday as well okay well damn I didn't realize they're playing (laughs) as we're recording this we'll have to that's awesome yeah no that's great though we'll just get to watch a fucking great game um the fact that the Lakers look so good even after trading all those fucking players that also look good on the Pelicans is nuts man it's just like that trade worked out in the sense that both teams are now better you know right 
Right. The Lakers are one of the best, if not the best team in the NBA right now. I think the only the Bucks are like can challenge them on that. And the Pelicans are set to be like, look like they're going to be one of the best teams in five years because of all the young talent they have and all the young talent that is emerging. Brandon Ingram is fucking good at basketball people. Yeah. Um, we used to think that you couldn't have you, like, if you had two great players like Ingram and Zion might grow into that, they would hurt each other in MVP races, but Three players from the Oklahoma City Thunder have won MVP. They weren't playing together when it happened, but, you know, like, if you look like an MVP, it might just come to you no matter what. Are you right? Both these guys. Is this what we're going to look back on? Are the Pelicans going to become the Thunder? That would be exciting while it's going on and then sad when it breaks up. Right. Although the Thunder look great right now. I mean, this they is don't true. really regret anything. Thanks, thanks in large part to the Clippers. It is, um, it's just a testament to the players, you know, like because the Pelicans, all those kids are still young, you know, like they're all so younger young. than 22. Um, and it's, uh, it's just awesome. I'm so glad Brandon Ingram is okay and that he's yeah. fucking sweet. Yeah. No, that, it makes me so happy to see that. Uh, I will say this though. Um, Regarding Memphis, they have had a bottom 10 three-point percentage as a team since the first of the year. Before the first of the year, they were in the top 15. So they might be due for a little bit of positive regression. Um, I mean, they have like a, yeah, they have the sixth best win percentage since the new year. They're still a good team. I also think that they will fall out, but if they don't, uh, we're really going to have to talk about Memphis as maybe a new up and coming powerhouse because you know, what can they do this off yeah. season? Yeah. Well, uh, I was originally my, my bold prediction. My second one was going to be John Morant will win rookie of the year over Zion. Uh, but I don't feel like that's that bold. Yeah. It's going to be Dr. Doom. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Seku Doomboya is the man uh my rj i just wanted to see i just wanted to see how long how long into the podcast before he got brought up well and we're 30 minutes we brought up boston basically like in the intro oh well i mean please (laughs) that's a lot easier to sneak in there yeah when we talk about zion and mellow we should also focus on like the suns Let's just have, yeah, (laughs) let's just talk about anybody except our teams, even though your team is great. And my team is a war crime. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe some episode in the coming weeks. We'll see if we can do a whole show without referencing the Pistons or the Celtics. I can't. I talk about (laughs) basketball so that I can talk about the Pistons and I'm really not fucking happy about it right now. In fact, that's my next bold prediction. I think they end up with the worst record in the NBA at the end of the season. They fucking suck. They're hot garbage. (laughs) I love the young guys. I really do. I have nothing to add to this except for the fact that uh, you'd be happy to know that in my dynasty league, I just traded Darren Fox for Christian Wood and Vucevic. Oh, nice. I got some front court help right there. Okay. Not necessarily front court that I needed, considering also John Collins and Rudy Gobert. Mm, Nice. 
But Un- unless Gobert is playing Houston, unless Gobert is playing Houston, then all of a sudden he becomes a timid dude. But I figured my my thought is having Luka Doncic on my dynasty team <laughs> makes me very lenient about backward players. I'm just like, yeah, eh, he plays all of those positions. Do I need another point, a young point guard? No, I'm fine. He's a Latvian army knife. He's just, God, it's so cool that you have him, man. I wish I had him like teams have him and they have Zion and they have all these cool young players. I don't have any of them. (laughs) I mean, I have Malik Monk. He's doing really well. So much sadness Uh, in your voice. Ugh, dude, it's such like the dog days of the NBA when your team is just horrendous, butt is so, so tough. And it's not like I get to look forward to like a Tigers season. You know, we're going to be the worst team in the league again. You just have... luckily the Lions win every year. Great. <laughs> well, did you see, though, that the Lions re-signed Danny Amendola, whom Tom Brady has explicitly said he wants to play with in 2020. So it seems to me they're trading Matt Stafford and signing Tom Brady. That seems a lock. I mean, TB12 just wants to play for Matt Patricia, you know? Yeah, We've known uh, it for I a mean, long time. Yeah, damn right he does. Yeah, he is that would the be... Michelangelo to <laughs> Belichick's Leonardo. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Also, sit up straight. I don't care that it's a press conference. Don't dress sloppily. <laughs> I love it. I love Come it. On, I dude. Love Jesus. It. Anyway, speaking of the Pistons, they're currently 19 and 40. <laughs> oh, dude. So, what? So, call your shot. Call your shot. What's the Pistons? Okay, so here's why. It's not just because they're god fucking awful. It's also because Golden State, who have the worst record right now and are 12 and 45, Guess who's coming back? Guess who's coming back? I was going to talk about that. He was going to be my bud for the week. But yeah, Steph Curry's Dude. coming back, baby. Yeah. I mean, if if you're trying to tell me that he's not worth seven wins on yeah. this goddamn team and they can't <laughs> overtake the Pistons, then you're a fucking liar and you've never watched basketball in your whole life. <laughs> uh, well, since we're here, since we're on this subject, uh, we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, let's talk a little bit about Steph's return uh, and what we can expect from him in fantasy. Fuck yeah, Steph. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, so like we said before the ad break, uh, we're still going through our bold predictions, we're still finishing them up, but... Cincinnati brought it up. Let's talk a little Steph Curry. Because Steph Curry, after what? Breaking his thumb? Breaking his hand? 
Uh, I think he was just tired. He needed a nice <laughs> needed like, four a, month a nap. good four month nap uh, after yeah. taking. A he was four just month... feeling blue. Well, what it is is it's a hibernation to make sure that the Warriors are locked into a lottery pick, and now he can come in and still just put up amazing stats without having to worry about the Warriors getting falling out of the lottery pick. Yeah, so it's I genius. Mean... It's really just genius on his part. <laughs> Although. Just last season, the Warriors brought back a player a little bit too early. This and is true. That didn't go very fucking well. No, it did not. Um, what are your expectations? Because I know, so he's coming back Sunday to play the Wizards, which if you're looking at DFS things, I would assume he's starting with some sort of minute cap because they're not just going to throw him into, you know, 35 minutes a game. They're probably going to ease him in. But you couldn't have asked for a better matchup for him to come back to. I have to think that they were also like circling this on the calendar, being like, the Wizards are garbage. They don't play defense. This would be a great time for uh, for Steph to come back. What are your expectations fantasy-wise for him either in the coming weeks or for the rest of the season? Fantasy-wise, I find it difficult to see him averaging over 25 minutes a game. Unless... They kept him out so long that he's been ready for a while. And now because it's the second half of the season and because, as you say, they're locked into having probably a high pick. Um, there's just not uh, like, I guess this sort of just comes down to whether he wants to play as hard as he possibly can, because we should point this out, even though we both think that they're going to have a high draft pick and that they're going to be garbage they are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs at this point like the only be... team that has clinched in either way either True. in or out are the bucks and they did it <laughs> the earliest of like any team in the last 20 years it would nobody be... else is mathematically locked into either or the... so it is possible can you imagine can you... what would you'd, like... you'd have to give steph the mvp wouldn't you wouldn't you You'd have to. Like, if he came back and took this Warriors team anywhere sniffing the playoffs, if they were the eighth seed, that would be a true accomplishment. That would that would be the definition of the most valuable player. You take a player out of this starting lineup, and it is the worst team in the NBA by all measurable stats, and you pop him back in, and now you're a playoff team. I think they have 25 games left. If they won all 25, they'd be 37 and 45. I mean, you know, like yes. they'd ha- they'd need other yes. teams to fall out. But <laughs> I, I would sacrifice, and I'm sorry, Pelicans fans, I would sacrifice my my bold take that oh, uh, yeah. that the Pelicans will make the playoffs for the Warriors to go on a 25-game win streak in order to make the playoffs. For sure. I won't watch another Pistons game this whole fucking season if you can tell me that happens. That's fine. I'll just watch the Warriors and Steph. I don't know if I can actually do that. I need my Dr. Doom and my Svee and my Bruce Brown and my Christian Wood. Anyway, the Warriors aren't going to make the playoffs. But no. Steph could, like, if he's totally healthy, it he might just be sort of like Dre, where they're like, no, I go to work. Like, this yeah. is what I do. I am a professional. I am a champion. I also enjoy playing basketball and um, you know, I want to remind people that I'm an MVP. So I, if there's somehow that he's available in your league, then obviously pick up Steph Curry, but more realistically, if you think that you can trade 
I don't know, like two B plus players for him. Depending on where you are in your standings, you might want to think about it. Like if you can distill, because if he comes back and he's an A plus player, then of course you would give up two B pluses to get him. Totally. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a great buy low candidate uh, just because of the fact the Warriors, and I wish it was their last game, but their second to last game, April 7th, 10 PM Warriors at Lakers Ooh, to make it nice. 24 games straight so that they can sneak into the playoffs. And depending on seating, like the Lakers might not care about that game. Yeah. They might toss it. And then they finish against the Cavaliers. Yo, let me ask you a question real fast. Okay, and then let's finish up our bold predictions. (laughs) Sure. Is Andrew Wiggins better than any player on the fucking Pistons? Yeah, bad question, right? Don't really like thinking about that, do you? Because then you're like, oh, wait, hang on a second. I've been talking shit about Maple Jordan for six years, and now all of a sudden, all of a sudden. You're not going to back up Dr. Doom? Yo, he's a, a a rose in the desert. You know, he needs time to grow. I don't expect him to be Giannis right away. I expect him to be Giannis in three years, Perfect. just like Giannis was. Just like if he's him. not Giannis in three years, I will be devastated, and it will be everyone else's fault but mine. He's going to be Andrew Wiggins in three years. Yo, well, that's better than anybody on the fucking squad right now, so great. Right on. Jesus. Oh, I swear to God, I do this podcast so that I can talk about the Celtics, how great we are, and listen to you rant about the Pistons. Dude, like somehow Markeith Morris getting bought out makes sense, but <laughs> it's the highlight. Rid of Derek Rose the highlight doesn't. of the Pistons. The Pistons. Uh, uh, dude. God, season so geez. far. Like, uh, this is all right. just brutal. <laughs> Final two bold predictions. Uh, I got a fantasy one for you guys. He's currently 52% owned. He's been top 40 in ESPN's player raider in the last 15 days. My bold oh. prediction, because I can't stop talking about the Celtics, Daniel Tice finishes a top 50 <laughs> player in ESPN player raider this year. Uh, since returning from injury, which has been, I think it's three or four games, he's averaging 15.4 points per game. 44% from three, and he's shooting roughly two per, two attempts. So not much, but he's making them. Ten boards, one stock, and 28 minutes per game. But the biggest thing that I think the reason why he's going to keep uh, giving you fantasy production, solid fantasy production, is he's the big that Brad Stevens trusts the most because he's shown an ability to switch and cover all positions. He did a great job, or about as good as you could for his size against LeBron on Sunday. And he can pick sure. and pop and hit the open three. I think that Stevens is figuring out that the Kemba slash smart, whoever you wanted that uh, one position, Jalen, Jason Hayward, Tice line is wildly effective. And I think he'll continue to use it in crunch moments as the Celtics are battling to cement themselves as either the two or three seed in the East. Uh, I hope the two seed, cause I'd rather play the nets or than the Pacers, but uh I think Tice is going to steadily get minutes. He's going to, he's always gotten you boards and points and that three point shooting means that he can give you a sudden outlier game. I mean, he put up 25 points against the, the Timberwolves. Yeah. And so, and his defense is great. I, I like him a lot. And we know that, especially on ESPN player rare, like getting, if you can stuff a stat sheet that boosts your fantasy value and, and Tice has the, potential to be able to do that yeah if he's the guy that 
after all this ended up getting the you know being the center that the Celtics sorely need then it's great like if he can start playing in terms of counting stats like Horford then awesome right on because the the Celtics do need an interior presence in order to be successful like they're not the Rockets they can't do they don't have a player like Russell Westbrook and they don't have a player like James Harden like they just can't score at will that way maybe tatum will grow into that but he's not there yet and he's, he's so, shown a couple of games where he's got that i mean just sure. god that second quarter big stage against, but yeah but, yeah, I mean, but you're right on. it's not someone it's not someone where it's where i feel confident in any game where it's like if things aren't working tatum can just be like it's on me i've got this yeah i mean like i don't feel like it's weird when Harden doesn't score twenty points, yeah. but I don't feel that way about Tatum yet. Sure, you know sure. it's like if he scores seventeen, you're like, oh yeah, okay, well he just didn't have a great game, you know, even if he might have been efficient and he just didn't shoot a lot, whatever. Right. But um, I he'll he'll be there in two years, I'm sure. He'll be there at the end of this year. But Dice looks great. I mean, it's also there's you know like twenty to twenty five games left. There's there's still time to tweak, you know, and to mm-hmm you know, look at what your younger dudes have, you know, Grant Williams, um, Philly's been playing. Timothy well, Robert Williams well is, is getting healthy recently. now too. So he's, yeah, he'll probably play a little bit, but I was like looking a lot for still going to change. Yeah. Yeah. But I like, he, he seems to be a fundamental piece of what Brad Stevens wants to do. And in crunch lineups, he tends to get the nod over someone like Cantor or any of the younger uh, bigs. And so I, I like him to continue to put up production and he's wildly available, 52% owned. So uh, you can still get him. Natty, what's your final bold prediction for the rest of the NBA season? Okay. My final bold prediction is I think LeBron gets the MVP. Ooh. I am saying I like that, that we're though- ending on this. This is a good one to end on. So Giannis is obviously all world and looks like Galactus and is, you know, just the coolest fucking dude who ever lived and everybody loves him and it's great, but he plays five fewer minutes a game than LeBron. Um, The Bucks right now are 49 and eight. The Lakers are 43 and 12. The West is still better than the East. The games are harder. You're going up against way more different teams than you have in the East. Um, Let's see. LeBron is the sixth player ever in the history of the NBA to average 25 plus points per game and 10 plus rebound, 10 plus assists per game, excuse me. And he's one of only four to average 25, 10 dimes and seven rebounds per game. The other ones being Russ, who's done it twice, Harden, Oscar Robertson, who did it four times. (laughs) It's those four. Uh, I should say none of those players won the finals the year that they did that. Mm. So maybe that's not great. Watch but out. The fact it's, it's called the MVP, you know, the most valuable. If Giannis doesn't have to play for the bucks to win, then he is obviously less valuable than LeBron who, when he sits, the Lakers don't look that great. And their defense doesn't look that great. They, have a player in LeBron who has changed himself yet again. He's the assist leader in the league. Yep. I mean, he's looking like Magic Johnson, except with, <laughs> you know, 
a body that just looks like it's sculpted by gods. His, and, oh my God, it's incredible. Right, yeah, and he's what, 35? It, whatever, it's LeBron. The picture, the picture of that he posted on Instagram of him and Tatum on the scoreboard after, you know, during the game, and he's just saying some nice things about Tatum. If you look at that <laughs> that picture, LeBron's body compared to Jason Tatum's body, it blows my mind. And the biggest thing is his goddamn quads. He looks like a linebacker. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's one of these things where it is amazing that that man has that body type, is in that shape, and has really had only one serious injury in his NBA career, despite the fact that he's been playing professional basketball since he was, what, 16 years old? Yeah. It's, it's you incredible. Know Fuck Space Jam 2. He should do, like, an Enter the Dragon kind of movie. Oh, you my know? God. Like, he it's should insane. Go, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. And it's funny because, <laughs> like you know, 10 years ago it was like Steve Nash and drinking water and stretching and being very flexible and, you know, sort of losing weight. And now I think people are more health conscious. And I, I do think that they try to trim down, but everybody just has to be like a fucking Mack truck with the muscles because you have to be able to drive through these sure. forests of gigantic arms. Like one of the reasons that everyone's shooting more threes these days is because everybody has long ass arms and it's harder right. than it used yeah. to, be to actually drive to the basket. Everyone's there's got just like way seven more foot shit. wingspans. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why there's also like less space in the paint when you have two bigs. It's because, well, now you have like 17 feet of arms just everywhere, yeah. you know, like everyone's bigger, everyone's faster, everyone's stronger. And I should say this. I do think that there might be a sentimental vote regarding Kobe and the Lakers mm. for this year's MVP. And if it comes down to the Lakers and the Bucks basically having similar records and Giannis just playing way, way, way less than LeBron, then I don't really see what the good argument is for Giannis. Like, you're basically telling me, oh, but just think about what Giannis could do if he was playing as much as LeBron. And to which I would counter, well, yeah, that's the point. LeBron's actually putting in the work. Like the numbers don't matter as much as the actual outcome. The sure. Lakers need him more. He's the MVP. Yeah, I don't hate that take. I I often think that this is and this is going from a football analogy. This is something where like Belichick never wins coach of the year because you're just like right. Belichick is just the best coach and we just can't give it to him over and over and over again. And I feel like LeBron gets the same treatment. Where it's like LeBron's the best player in the league, but we just can't only give him the MVP. So we need to start like that. That was the whole D Rose argument when he won it. D Rose had a phenomenal season, but was he really the most valuable player in the NBA that year? No, it was of LeBron. Not. Right. Yeah. And they just didn't want to give it to LeBron again. So, but I, I think you're right because I think the argument you can make here, the narrative, since these are all narrative driven, is like you said, for yet again in LeBron's career, he has changed what his game is and now he's become this like elite like basically the best point guard in the league somehow like at 30 plus years old he's you know setting all kinds of records for assists and and is making this lakers team operate and function where you're right like what Giannis is doing is incredible but you are correct that the bucks are also winning with not as much Giannis as the Lakers need LeBron. 
And, you know, think about all the MVPs that are in the, or like elite players that are in the West, you know, like Kawhi's there, Harden is there, Westbrook is there, Joker Mm -hmm. is there. Um, I mean, CP3 and the Miraculous Thunder are there, Luca's there. There, There's still powerhouses in the West, basically, from almost the all 10 seeds like there's i mean portland's out of it right now but they're a better team than most teams in the east uh the pelicans we both think are great san antonio like they'd probably be a top six seed in the east maybe you know like there's uh there is a difference in competition still and that just goes to show why Giannis can sit so much because it's like oh yeah well i don't need to play against the fucking chicago bulls like what are you talking about they don't even have a coach who knows what he's doing. He takes timeouts at the end of fucking game. Oh God, Jim Boylan, what a genius. Anyway, um, Giannis has won the MVP. This could be the last year for LeBron to actually win it outright. So I think there's just a lot of narrative um, reasons, as you said, for why LeBron should get it this year over Giannis. Yeah. But also, uh, Kyle Lowry's still great. He doesn't get any love. <laughs> oh, actually, that's a good question. Who do you think would be sort of like a down-ballot MVP? Like, they wouldn't win, but it's like, yeah, maybe you get some votes. Oh, I mean, this is Dr. Pete. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Tatum is up there, though. Right? That just, if you took him away from that team, that team is drastically different. And I just think that if he continues to put together, if he if he for the rest of the season averages between twenty five and thirty five points per game, I think I think he has to move into like the top six in MVP voting. Dude, if Oladipo like can't shake the rust off for the rest of the season, and the Pacers sort of come in injured, they're the sixth seed right now, and you're the third, so you'd play them in the first round. I mean, that you might just sort of like march into the finals, like no problem. Would be pretty dope. Uh, let's march into. Oh God, I'm so good at this. Into that was really nice. Yeah, this week's studs and duds. Uh, we each have a stud for the week. Someone who's going to have a strong fantasy week from here on out, and we each have a dud. Someone who will have a bad one. Natty got a good eleven and seven record after picking Zion to remain hot. Lol. Real <laughs> ballsy there. Yeah, mildly. <laughs> uh, but your boy got back to five hundred nine and nine after a solid. Yeah. Week. Uh, Natty, why don't you start us off? Who's your stud? Okay, well, I am going to go anti-Pete with this and say that Malik Beasley is my stud, even though you just took him as a dud. Um, There's no cat in Minnesota right now, and I think that D.A.R., D'Angelo Russell, is going to be the focal point of every defense. So I think Malik Beasley, who's going up against the Heat, the Magic, and the Mavs, who are not pushovers, obviously. I just think that he's going to get the opportunity and he's going to take advantage of it because he's looked lights out. Yep. I like it. Another guy who's been playing lights out, who's my stud, uh, he scored 33 against the Wizards and Suns his last two games. Kobe White is playing the Knicks this week. It's the only game the Bulls have. Uh, so I will take my W for Kobe White to stay red hot against um, the Knicks. 
if you can't trust genius Jim Boylan and these fighting Boylan bulls, who can you trust? Exactly. <laughs> That's a team I want to put my 500 record at stake for. For sure. My dud for the week, and I hate saying this because I really like this team, but it's Devontae Graham. Oh, uh, Charlotte's going right. up against the Knicks, but then Toronto and then Milwaukee. That's, that's going to be tough for undersized guards. Yeah. Um, but Charlotte's great, man. I love that team. I, they, I, I'm really impressed with their coaching. Borrego's done a great job. I like that. Uh, yeah, no. And Graham's been great this season, but you're right. That's a tough, that's a tough schedule. Um, my dud, he's struggled since joining Cleveland. It's Andre Drummond. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I know. Last two games. Yo, that's basically taking Zion. Come on. <laughs> oh, please get out of here. He's uh, failed to record double digit rebounds, which has only happened four oh, times God. in the season so far, but he had two games back to back and he has to go up against Embiid, Zion and Miles Turner this week, which is not easy. Yeah, Embiid and he don't really get. Yeah, along. that was that was especially the one that got me. I was like, "Oh, you're already <laughs> right." Struck. Do you think Joel will be up for that game with, yeah. without Ben Simmons? Come on, get out of here. Yeah. He might end Drummond's career. Ooh, well, at least he's not on the Pistons anymore. <sighs> <sighs> Big sigh. <laughs> uh, I would like to point out an ad. If you have room on your roster, fantasy players out there. You should pick up Norm Powell. He is on the Raptors. He is coming back soon, hopefully. And his averages on the year are 15 plus points per game, four boards, one plus dime, one plus steal, and two three pointers made. Only 21 other players have averaged that this season, and they're all highly owned, like 80s, 90s percent. And Powell is currently 17%. If you can get him in your league and just stash him for, you know, maybe he might come back uh, at the end of this month, which is just in a few days. Somehow February flew by. But uh, Norm Powell is the sort of dude, the sort of spark plug that you can just pop into your team and start getting really nice counting stats. I like it. Uh, awesome. Well, there you go. So uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts fake teams podcast channel is what you're looking for so search that on itunes spotify stitcher we are there leave us a review give us five stars because you love us uh and make sure to follow us on twitter at the long two podcast and we will be back at you next week until then maddie enjoy yourself dude enjoy the week talk to you next time <laughs>